Hello everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Just a twosome again this week, a cheeky twosome. Me and Adam is uh, Adam is here. Hey Benny, how you doing? Benny? I'm not Benny. <laughs> <laughs> I did say I did say Adam if you didn't hear me properly. <laughs> you totally said Benny. <laughs> I really didn't. I really said Adam. I promise, I promise. You said Adam, and then you went, hey there Benny, how are you? And oh God, did I? Automatically put to one side... Oh my god. <laughs> Just got Benny on the brain. But we both have, because we miss him on one hand, and then on the other hand, he just keeps sending us beautiful baby pictures, like he has just before we started the podcast today. Although, that baby has a big smile on her face, which means she's got trapped wind. They're in for a bad Yeah, day. Yeah, or oh, she's yeah. just farted. One of the yeah, two. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> Maybe I have got Ben on the brain. Dude, I don't even realise I said that. That's <laughs> that's one of those things where you just like, I, there's no way I said that. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do miss Benny for two reasons. And the other one is I want to scold him again for not being here. I just think yeah. it's ridiculous that having a two-week-old baby seems to think that you can't spend an hour talking to your mates on a podcast. I just think that's, that's disgraceful behaviour. I mean, in, in Benny's defence, that's not the reason he's not here. It's because it's too point. easy to get his computer out, <laughs> whatever box he's put it in, to actually connect to Discord and chat with us. That's his a fair baby point. can go hang, apparently, but getting the energy, as the dad of a two-week-old baby, that's a lot of energy to ask for, to <laughs> go rooting through boxes and get electronics out. and set I mean, I guess, up. but he's not at work or anything, is he? I mean, what's he doing all day? He's exactly. got plenty of time. Mate, this is one of those around. things where he thinks he's tired now. <laughs> he ain't got for weeks he goes back to work. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, the poor fella. I know. I, I, it's one of those things where I, I look back at my kids as little ones, and I can only think of the good stuff and the bad stuff, not the normal everyday trudgery of trying to cope <laughs> with your job. <laughs> with with a kid trying to oh, keep God. your relationship on an even keel or potentially failing, <laughs> that, well, yeah, experience. which is hard. That is hard work. Yeah. the the whole The whole thing of just living your normal day to day life whilst being absolutely exhausted and all of your priorities have shifted. It, That's so true. It's such a struggle, and I'm glad I blanked that part from my memory. To the point where I know it happened, and I know it was tough, but I don't have to relive that trauma. Like waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. That is true. The the everyday trudgery is such a brilliant way to put it. It sounds it sounds so what's the word? It sounds so kind of unhappy and, and misery driven, but it isn't. You you're just you're just in this cycle of doing the same thing every day and you just have to get through it. And then you come out the other yeah. side and I feel that once your kid gets to a, sort of a year old and then their teeth start coming through, it's a little milestone. The first words, it's a milestone. They start walking, it's a milestone. And then those things start to happen and it starts to pick up. And then it becomes more of a blur in the yeah, sense of, exactly. wow, things are just happening all the time. Then they go to nursery. Then they go to school. You know, now they're running around all the time. Now they want to learn things. Now they're starting to say more. Th- and, it, you know, it's just that. It's, it's new kind of milestones it feels like every sort of month there's something new happening but that first year it is an absolute slog it's an absolute war of attrition and i remember vivid vividly there were times where if george had woke up at i don't know 
seven o'clock or something or half past six in the morning and she'd woken us up and it wasn't worth me going back to bed. So I would just, I would go to work. I would drive to work, get there early. I would go to the bathroom. I would sit the wrong way on the toilet, set my alarm on my phone and have half an hour kip with my head resting on the cistern in the bathroom because I was oh, just so nice, tired. That nice, cool cistern though. Oh, Get mate, nice I tell you. in the morning, and it's just oh. nice and cool. No one's touched it. The cleaner's been, so it's all clean yep. to do. Perfect. Oh, amazing. It was so nice. <laughs> it was so relaxing as well, because where we used to work, our toilets were just, there was no stalls. It was just a single room. So no one yeah. had ever come in or anything. You could just sit in peace and quiet, <laughs> peace and, quiet and I'd get God. to work early just to have a sleep before I officially had to be in work. Yeah. Oh, it was so you bad. You know, there's there's no one else like banging on the door that you have to. Worry yeah, because no one else there. There's, yeah, there was yeah, no there's one no there. No kid like sticking the fingers under the door. Uh, <laughs> which daddy, I had recent. Daddy. Yeah. Come daddy. On, come on. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm trying to wipe while standing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to concentrate on this leg exercise. Don't <laughs> you yelling at me? <laughs> My quads are burning. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm gonna struggle it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, and the worst thing yeah, is that... well Benny Benny drives around for a living he's gonna have to be fucking careful I'm not even joking oh my god well that's it he drives a big vehicle around because without revealing too much he does like uh, food home delivery for a big supermarket chain so he is not only doing the driving he's doing the delivery he's doing the if for some people you know carting these huge boxes full of heavy goods around in all weathers and all conditions, and then he's having to go back, get some more, repeat, 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 and that is going to be so difficult for him. Like, you and I have relatively cushy office jobs, so we just go in, Very we dry, and we sit down for a few hours, and then we get up and we go home. But yeah, Benny, doing an actual physically demanding job. Yeah, it's a lot. He's going to be going in. <laughs> he's going to be delivering food at some person's house. He's, and it's going to be a bungalow. He's going to walk past a bedroom and just glance at it to the side and whimper to himself, "Oh, there's a bed right there." <laughs> oh my god! He's going to be like, do you remember that film Santa Claus and movie? The one with Dudley Moore as the elf and John Lithgow as the bad guy. <laughs> what this a is, reference! <laughs> there's a scene in it that's but always yes, stuck do. with me, with the little homeless kid walking along, walking past the restaurant. And yeah. seeing a family eating this beautifully <laughs> delicious meal. And that oh kid's god. like face up against the window going, Oh my god, food, warmth. <laughs> and that's gonna what him. he's going to be like, Oh, bed, peace and quiet. I can see there's peace and quiet in that house. <laughs> the windows aren't vibrating with the cries of a newborn. <laughs> there's just a single old lady who lives here if I just lie down on this bed she'll never bother me she'll never want help with anything she'll just leave me alone yeah. I'm just going to lie down here for 10 minutes okay love I will put your shopping away if you just let me use your bed for half an hour just yeah I'll trade you I'll me. put all your food away for you but because can I have this bed for 15 minutes yeah. please because I'm dying here <laughs> or alternatively he'll be getting like useful advice and tips and product recommendations He'll be there, like, dropping off the shopping uh, for uh, a young family. So all the jars of baby food, or the nappies and the nappy cream and the powdered milk, and be going, oh, okay, how how does this one see your baby? Is this one any good for you? And just chatting away to all the uh, board housewives and house husbands, or people working from home, just go, oh, yeah, yeah, you need to use this nappy cream. Because, yeah, I used the Johnson stuff, and it oh, brought my baby up with terrible nappy rash. 
Yeah, that's, a good, that's that, a good point. Yeah. People will start throwing advice your way, won't they? Once they find exactly. out you've had a baby. They well, can't we've help been themselves. Doing that. We've been doing that on our podcast for like 21 episodes now. So but you if you remember... escape it. <laughs> if you remember, though, I did also say at the start of it, ignore any advice anybody gives you ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Just do your own thing. And, and we were the there worst... bombarding him with uh, text the other day, going, you need to get Infocol. Buy Infocol <laughs> immediately. He's like, what's Infocol? I can't buy it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. What does it do? I don't uh, know what it does. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't matter. Get it and feed it to your newborn baby. <laughs> get it anyway. You just, yeah, you just get it. I do believe, yeah, you just get it just in case because it's so, it's an absolute lifesaver. Yeah. If you need it. Oh, it's so good. Certainly. Certainly. It, it really is one of those products where it it's a modern version of an old thing that has worked for generations, like gripe yeah. water and bicky pegs and all these like oh, old yeah. stuff from about a hundred years ago. It's one of those things that works. So use it. Unlike half the weird old medieval parenting advice we've given in the past, <laughs> this one actually works. And works really well. Do you know what the worst thing was about when I was going to work when George was, you know, sort of two, three months old? I hated if I was you would think it'd be the other way around, but if I was giving if I was given a really menial, boring task to do, I would immediately panic because I would think I'm gonna fall asleep doing this. Because I don't Yeah. It's because if you're doing something repetitive, if I was there'd be times where I'd be, I don't know, inputting data into an Excel spreadsheet or something like that, and it's just click clack click clack of like numbers, looking at numbers, screen, numbers, screen, numbers, screen, and that was it. If I was doing that I'm convinced there was times where I dozed off and just sat in my chair by my, yep. and just couldn't help myself. Just dozed off in my chair, head down, oh, and did that kind of jump up again. Whereas if I went to work and it was kind of, oh my God, this has happened. I'm like, right, okay. Because you haven't got time to think about anything else. You're just so focused. Okay, got to do these yeah. things, got to do that thing. You haven't, you're not going to fall asleep because you, you're still kind of in that wired mode. But yeah, boring tasks was really, really hard to kind of get around and not just fall asleep at my desk. Exactly. And that's difficult when you've got an office job. I think Benny will be safe because obviously he's being active, he's getting up, he's going around, he's driving. He isn't going to let himself drift off, hopefully, while he's like driving along a bypass in his big uh, food truck, taking out pensioners left and right as he goes uh, from side to side along the dual carriageway. Hopefully he won't be doing that. <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I feel for the boy. I feel for the boy. I do. Anyway. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been there. As, as I kind of mentioned before, when, when I had my second child, both me and his mum suffered from postnatal depression. And that was a really difficult time. As you say, that, that everyday trudgery is so much more difficult when you feel there's no escape to it, when it's made worse by the feelings that come with the depression. You gain no enjoyment out of the things that you may have got enjoyment out, such as your child. It it all goes away, and it's one of the most difficult things to deal with. And I'm I'm pleased with Benny because he doesn't seem to have been affected by anything like that. Neither does Mum. Uh, so we shall see. We should carry on supporting them uh, as much as we can uh, from far away. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say, did you yeah. with your second and third kid? Did you end up finding ways to combat? the tiredness or anything or were you just i know i'm going to be knackered i'll just have to deal with it kind of thing well with with my third i was a lot healthier kind of physically and mentally mentally than i was with the first and second and i found that really helped 
I, I had lost a lot of weight. I've got a good diet, good exercise plan, and a partner, a wife at the time, who understood some of the issues I had with such as waking up in the middle of the night. Because I took certain medication that wiped me out, and that wasn't safe for me to necessarily get up because it took me a while mentally to wake up, not just physically. So if I woke up physically, it would take around 15-20 minutes for me to become kind of conscious of what I was doing. I would be effectively sleepwalking, which is dangerous when you're trying to carry a child down the stairs, a newborn baby. So luckily she was understanding and I had that routine where I would try and do as much as I could in the daytime and later on into the evening and she would then focus on doing the middle of the night stuff. But as with anything, that plan goes up against the wall and you just do whatever you can. And I I will freely admit, it doesn't show me in a good light, but with my third child, I didn't do anywhere near as many of the middle of the night feeds or anything like that as I should have, or as I would have wanted to, looking back on it now, because I had that opportunity to not to. My my wife was quite happy to get up and do that kind of thing. Uh, I said quite happy. She, she knew I wouldn't get up, or I couldn't get up to do it. But if I had my druthers, and I could do it all again, then certainly I would put the effort into... Uh, do those because that ownership that you get and that companionship you get with your baby is fantastic. But she was breastfed, so I can't really go around sticking my nipple into her mouth at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. She's not going to get anything out of it. I could do anything else, but not when she's breastfed. How did you cope? Or did uh, you not? I didn't really. I was like I said. I we we did go through a phase where we couldn't get Georgia to bed without waking her up and we kind of got into this i'm sure i've mentioned it before but we got into this routine of she slept downstairs so i just slept on the couch for three months and slept downstairs with her yeah and i don't know i mean looking back on it it was kind of odd because sarah was sarah was going to her mum's every day and she wasn't at work yeah, this is gonna this is gonna sound really woe is me, by the way, but it isn't. But this is just what happened. <laughs> but I was I was going to work, and then doing the night feeds as well. And I think it was ju- I was just desperate to do it. I think I don't know if it was yeah. a subconscious. You've been with her all day. I want to be with her all day, so I'm gonna stay with her all night, kind of thing. Yeah. And as soon as she, as, soon as and we did three nights in a row of trying to get her to, because I mentioned before, like she she slept through from sort of eight weeks old right through. Yeah. So we were very lucky in that way, and we didn't want to then break it up or get her into a cycle where she wasn't sleeping, or I don't know. Because again, we just thought that's what we do. I don't. I don't really know. We'd never sort of read up on it or done loads of research or anything. But I'd always kind of thought, if they want to sleep, I'd just rather let her sleep. And if she wants to wake up, she'll wake up. If she's hungry, she'll wake up. If she's hungry, that's what she'll do. Yeah. You know, if she needs a nappy change or something, she'll she will wake up. So then there was the odd night where she would sort of wake up at half one, two o'clock in the morning for a nappy or for a feed or... I want to say slept right through. It wasn't like she was getting 10 hours. I mean, she would sleep from sort of nine o'clock. The latest she would sleep to is probably sort of half four, five. Yeah, I mean, that's good but I thought, time. Well, for but yeah, it's really... For a, for a kid who was sort of eight weeks old, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And I don't know why she did that. Again, we, you know, we didn't really do anything in particular to make her do that. It's just That's just what happened. But I got quite... I don't know if, I don't even know if it's possessive or... I don't know. 
but I would I was happily sending Sarah to bed at nine o'clock, and then I would sit downstairs with Georgia and give her a last feed, put her to bed, and then I'd just watch TV or play games or I don't know, and until until I would just fall asleep on the couch at whatever time, and then Georgia would wake up at whatever time it was, and I would take care of it. And that was and that and probably that I mean that is what ended up with me having to then go to work early and fall asleep on the toilet. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was doing I was going to work every day and then doing all the night stuff as well. But I didn't I I genuinely didn't care if I was tired. I I I've, I've always had this issue with and this is an old this is an old Jerry Seinfeld joke, but it works perfectly for me is that I I still do this now. Me being tired in the morning is not my problem. That's morning Daniel's problem. That's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's his problem in the morning when he wakes up. That's not my problem. And that was the same kind of thing. I didn't care if I was going to be tired the next day. I'm sleeping downstairs with my girl. I'll take care of her tonight. And yeah. I, like I said, I don't know. I, I, maybe it was a subconscious thing or something, but that was how I did it. Well, there were a couple of times when, like I've said before, and I've mentioned this to Benny before, and any dad's listening, if you sometimes need to go outside and scream into a pillow, because you're so tired or you're frustrated, do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Because you're going to be you, you. There's a fair chance you'll be driven to the edge of your sanity because you're so tired. Because it's just so yeah. out of your routine and your comfort zone. If we had had another kid, I would know what to expect. So I probably would have planned better, or I would do something different and try and be more sensible about it. But with the first one, you're just kind of winging it, aren't you? You don't really know what you're doing. So that's it. You you do whatever you can and trying to adjust your normal single, not single person, but your normal non-child timetable to uh, a screaming bag of randomness <laughs> you don't know what to expect with them at all that's okay that is what babies are screaming bags of randomness <laughs> but yeah I, I totally get what you're saying it is that ownership that you have this is my time to be dad and nothing other than dad I don't have to I don't have a partner here, so I don't have to worry about being dad and partner. Yeah, I don't you're right. have I don't have any other responsibility. My only focus is on my child. And when it's late at night and it's dark and the whole house is calm and quiet, it is just you two. And it can feel like just you two in the whole world. And it's such a special, amazing feeling that I loved with all of my kids, it was difficult with my son because his older sister was only 20-odd months difference between the two, so they both had their demands at the same time. But with my first and with my youngest, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful times because you just you just hold them and they're so precious. And oh, I'm, I'm too broody. That's what my matter is at the moment. I just I can't describe babies without just going, oh, but they're so tiny and they've got little fingers. Because <laughs> <laughs> that damn baby that Benny's had, just sending pictures all the time, it's amazing. And it's just making me broody. I want another one. And I, I know I shouldn't, but I do. I totally Stop, want Knock it off. Kid. I keep telling you, knock it off. And, oh, I'm going to have to knock it off with like a pair of bricks or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are going to have to knock it off. You're going to have to get yeah. the camel treatment or something. Exactly. Whatever they do. <laughs> Sarah was saying to me before because loads of pictures came up on Facebook from when we went to Centre Parks as a family when Georgia was two, I think. Yeah. And Sarah said, "Don't you miss her being a baby?" And after everything I've just said to you, after everything I said, no, I, I don't. I much prefer it yeah. now. 
I'm 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 so much happier when Georgia could walk around, talk. We can have a back and forth. We can laugh and yeah. joke. Because I said that my my biggest stress was when she was a baby was that she would scream, and that's that's your only knowledge. You that's all the information you've got. This baby's screaming. Work it out. That's it. Yeah. And you know, once it was. You change your nappy. No, it's not that. Okay, so I'll feed her. No, that's making her scream even more. She can't yep. be tired. She's just woken up. Is that's it too light? That's a bottle of Infocol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, this was this was going to be my point. Um, is she damp? No, she's not pooed. No, she can't be tired. She's not hungry. Shit. So it's something not in the... There's the four yeah. things. Oh, is she too cold or too hot? Nope, temperature's fine. Oh, fucking great. Now what is it? And then that's the... <laughs> Well, we better go to hospital then because she's she continues to scream and we don't know what it is. And then that was, we found yeah. out it was um, colic. But uh. then that that's the stress. That was the stress. Or when she was just if she just felt a bit sick, and there was once where we were in the hospital because she kept she kept retching really badly and nothing was coming out, and she was yeah. she was just ill. It's it wasn't anything. She just was a bit sick and felt yeah. a bit sick. But obviously she couldn't tell us. And I said to Georgia before, laughing and joking, I said it was hilarious. I said, because it's just, Meh. are you tired? Meh. Are you cold? Meh. Yeah. Okay, you've had a wee. Meh. Oh, are you hungry? Meh. <laughs> Shit. What do I do now? <laughs> and yeah. Whereas, you know, the other night she called me and I said, I think you've got something in my eye. I said, all right, let's have a look. And she had an eyelash in her eye. Fucking great. Fixed it in two seconds. No problems. Yeah. So I did love her being a baby. And I know what you mean. I love that. Like you say, that bonding when you have when they're just lying on you. But I, I do prefer it now. She's older that she can talk and we can laugh and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. The my, my kids are my best friends. Totally, I, I love them all so much as well, individuals because yeah, <laughs> I did I did make you like half out of my jism. If I had, <laughs> then we'd probably have a different relationship. To be honest. You could send me some jizz. That'd make us closer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you not checked the filter in your hot tub? <laughs> not after last time. <laughs> anyway, they they are just the best people, the best personalities, because they are based on your personality. So, of course, you're going to get on with them. Unless you really hate yourself, you're going to get on with them quite well. And, yeah, they're, they're all amazing. At this age, like 5, 10, and 12, it's so many different levels of awesomeness as well. Because you've got different issues with them, they've got different things going on in their lives, different stresses, uh, different experiences, even, you know, just based on something as simple as gender. There are different expectations that each child has and different expectations put on them. And the reactions you get out of them for every single thing that you converse with them about is just different because they are fully individuals now and yeah you don't get that as a baby what you do with them as a baby is your foundation to help get to the really cool bit that we're all at now which is before they stop becoming teenagers and say i don't love you anymore and storm out the house and don't live with you anymore (laughs) go live with like their godparents or something like that (laughs) This is the good bit. <laughs> this is the fun bit. <laughs> it is the fun bit. I think yeah. up until, you know, they are then in their early 20s, like the whole teenage bit is when they become just their own person. And quite rightly, they kind of push you away 
so they can get that independence. And am I going to sneeze? Yeah. <coughs> You're so good looking. And so they quite rightly push you away to get that independence and become their own person. And that's hard for you as a parent, I would imagine. I'm starting to get that from my eldest at the moment. She's 12, going on 16. And that is difficult when she's saying, oh, she doesn't want to spend that much time with you, or she just wants to go off and do her own thing, like sit in a bedroom and play on a phone and talk to her friends rather than like come and talk to you. That's difficult, but that's a transitional period. And in roughly 10 years' time, <laughs> she'll she'll come back to be talking to me again and treat me how she was <laughs> last year. I get that. I do get that, though. I have a lot of sympathy for teenagers. I don't know if I said it on here before yeah. or not, but I think being a teenager fucking sucks. I think it's shit. Yeah. I don't know how they... Genuinely, genuinely not that surprised that some teenagers just go crazy and go off the rails. I mean, how could you not? Because fucking hell, it must be so hard when you're a teenager, especially now. Yeah. There's so much more fucking shit going on. and I'm not going to list every single thing because it, I could be here for half an hour listing all the problems with being a teenager, but people yeah. think they've... You know, it's some great time. Everything's easy. it's not. It's so hard, so hard. And I think I'm. That's something that I'm dealing with. If I do say so myself, I'm dealing with that fact quite well. Georgia's already at the point where she's got a phone, so she can FaceTime her friends and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And some Saturdays she'll just be upstairs on her own for two hours talking to her friends, and you have to be fine with that. She because at some point she has to go and live her life, and you have to yeah. let her. You know, I have to let her do that. So. It is weird, though, because like you say, it's that you spend every second of every day making sure that they're, they are where they're supposed to be, doing what they should be doing, and then at some point you have to let that go and not do that. It's not that you it's don't care, tough. but you have to let them go and do their own thing, and they you will not know where they are at some point. They might yeah. go to town with their friend and then wander into a shop. You don't know what shops they're going in. You don't know what parts of town they're going in. But you've just got to let them go and do that. And I can see why that's really hard for some parents. Yeah. I think as long as you set your child up with uh, the right skill set. Yeah, and yeah. the right confidence to be able to do that. And obviously equipment, you know. It, it makes Taser, sense that mace, giving them 50p to use a payphone in an emergency isn't anything to sniff at. If payphones no, yeah, absolutely. anymore. Uh, <laughs> Give them a pigeon. So they yeah. can atta- attach a message to it back to father at home. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, my... lass, got you this, got you this flying bird. Take it with you. It'll save you one day. Put it in pocket. I put a note on it. Thanks, Dad. But yeah, my my eldest is in her first year of secondary school at the moment, and secondary school this year has been the most different year for any secondary schools in recent history. Because of all of the restrictions for COVID. And we were discussing, say we, me and my eldest mum, were discussing with the school recently, because she needs she needs some pastoral support at the moment, because she's going through some issues, my eldest is. And one of the things that she, uh, the pastoral officer, I think that's the right term, came and said to us is that right now, my eldest is in a kind of a limbo period where she's basically at sec at secondary school, but really she's at primary school. What the normal difference between primary and secondary school hasn't happened this past year. Because like primary school, they're all in one class all day with all the same people. 
they don't move from their classroom. Teachers come to them. They don't go out and mix with people of all different ages on the playgrounds and things oh, like that. Oh, that's interesting. They don't have all the kind of the social aspects as well with extracurricular activities, which haven't really been going ahead. Effectively, apart from the content of the lessons and the fact that they've been doing a bit more complex stuff, she's effectively at primary school. Because they haven't been of able course, to go yeah. to very detailed, like the science block, they've had to bring science stuff into her classroom. Uh, she hasn't even had the opportunity to do the, oh shit, I've got maths and that's the other side of the school and I've got to run over there with like my bag and my PE kit and like my home ex stuff in a carrier bag and <laughs> run over there and get there in two minutes time, otherwise I'll be late. She's had none of that. And I think come September, she's going to again go through a huge change and a, a personality shift again. Because this past year, yes, she has become more independent and a bit more, I hate to say use the word unloving or unaffectionate, but she's kind of distanced herself from that kind of thing. I think that's going to hit her even more next year. And my son, who is just going straight from primary school into secondary school, is going to, that's all going to hit him at once as a normal transition. So they're both going to be going through it effectively at the same time even though there's a, a, an academic year between them. And I'm not sure how we're going to cope, because that's a lot of stress going on. Yeah, that's two transitions in one go, isn't it, basically? Also yeah. because your eldest has missed that chance this year. Do you know what was the worst at high school? It was having PE and then another le- lesson after it. Because as we mentioned, it was PE, lesson finishes two minutes before. So now yeah. I've got to get from here, have a shower. We have to finish the lesson, I have to have a shower, get changed, and get over to the other classroom without by the way, stinking the place out because I've been playing rugby for the past 50 minutes. And then the teacher's going to bollock me for being late. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, in the rain. The teacher's going to give me a bollocking for being late. I'm like, motherfucker, talk to the PE guy. (laughs) We just left. Like, I can't can't get here any (laughs) quicker. Yeah, I can't get here any quicker. Thanks a lot. We We had a good weekend this weekend as we went to visit one of our friends who lives up north, did some did some garden sitting again. And oh. she said she would go out for dinner. So we said, yeah, sure. And she lives further up north than we... So we, I live in Cheshire. She lives further up north than that. And she said, we'll have a, we'll have a little walk. It'll take about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. So like, great, that's fine. Sounds lovely. Nice little walk. It's a nice day. That's okay. So this 35-minute walk was an hour and 10 minutes. Just, I'll get that out there right now. Okay. Because we basically, we basically walked over these moors to get, to get to the place where we were going to. It was very, it was very American Werewolf in London, but in the day. It was very that. <laughs> the kind of, you know, stay on the road, don't wander off the road kind of thing. <laughs> and th- there were various points where we were, lo- I would look around and I could see nothing except countryside, not a house. Not a telegraph pole, not a fucking oh. power line, not anything, and it was fine. I I really didn't mind it. And then you get to these because it was it was it's all a public footpath. So where they where they live, there's all these off the countryside places, and there's public footpaths. And sort of ten minutes in, and George is not one for walking. I I make right. her I'll make her walk to the shops and that kind of thing with me because I'm not like I said before I'm very concerned that she will grow up to be spoiled because a lot of kids kind of are nowadays. Yeah. And that's because, of, like we said before, we want them to have a better life than we had. But I still say to her sometimes, you know, sometimes, George, you've got to learn to feel the cold a bit. You've got to get the wind on your face. You've got to get the rain in your hair. 
and just kind of experience a bit more of life and walk yeah. into places. So after half an hour, I said, how much longer are we going to be, do you think? And she said, well, I've kind of gone the wrong way a bit, so we're going to go <laughs> this way around. But it'll be about another 25 minutes. Fucking all right, okay. And George is just like grumbling her fate. Oh my God, this is taking forever. And it was a really nice walk, a genuinely nice walk across basically the moors, <laughs> which was a bit, a bit bleak. And then there's lots of the little single steps over fences where it was still oh, a public yeah. footpath you know there's a sign saying you know this is a public walkway and it was clear that it was because there was we would see people kind of in the distance behind us or in the distance in front of us so we knew that it was all okay when we got to the near the place we were going we had to walk through somebody's backyard which i've never done before oh. one of those like your backyard is in a public land yeah. sorry but this is still a public footpath and we had to stop and say to some woman you know, which way is this place we're going? And she must be like, she must be sick of it because it's her land. <laughs> it was her back garden, basically. Yeah. She must be like, people walking through your back garden all the time must have driven her mad. It was a very interesting journey to do that. And the fucking wind was howling. And all I kept thinking of was American Wolf in London. That was, all I kept, yeah. that was all I could think of. It was basically <laughs> that, just fields as far as the eye can see. And because it's all very hilly, you would then, after sort of 20 minutes, walk around a corner or over the crest of a hill and yeah. there'd be sort of four or five houses like plotted together. And because of, you know, there's obviously just countryside houses and then a single yeah. little road leading up to a main road that's about a mile away. I was thinking, fucking hell, you live here. I just, <laughs> there's just yeah. nothing around. It's like, it's <laughs> insane. I always have two thoughts. My first thought is if you have to pop out for milk or something, I'm off to the shops. I'll see you in about 45 minutes, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the second thing was I would always have visions of going to bed at night and there's just some axe murderer coming across the hill because I'm just in the middle of nowhere and nobody can kind of protect me I feel yeah. much safer being in a built up area I don't know <laughs> but because obviously I know you've never lived in the countryside and I've never lived in the countryside so no I know, that's but, it uh, I, I don't think I don't know if I'd be able to cope I'm definitely a town mouse rather than a country oh yeah mouse. me too me but too where I live at the moment is right on the like the boundary of the city that I live in. So literally, like, I can look out from my bedroom window and uh, just the other side of the house from the back of behind me, there's a main road, and then the other side of the main road is just fields, as far as your eye can see. And I like that aspect of it, that if I need to, in an emergency, in a zombie apocalypse, I can escape to the countryside quite quickly. But likewise, in an uprising of the farm animals, I can retreat to the safety of the urban <laughs> city centre, where there are no wild animals. <laughs> the, the most I have to deal with is pigeons. But yeah, yeah. I, d I don't think I could cope. Because I do a lot of travelling, or used to anyway, before lockdown, for my job. And I used to travel through uh, the county, and the majority of it is a large county, it's quite rural. So there's only a couple of population centres, like big towns. The rest are a few like small market towns, and it's all like villages, hamlets. And like you say, the majority are three buildings in the middle of nowhere. And you're wondering, yeah. right, who got here first? Did, did someone <laughs> else build a house because their friend was here? Or, oh, yeah, good point. And then the third person, why are you building here? This is you, You're a third wheel, literally. Why are you here? And that's it. And you, you're surprised that these houses are here. Your only warning is a re sudden reduction in the speed limit on that country lane that you're travelling along. And it only lasts for like 10 metres and then you're back up yeah. to 60 again. 
Oh, that's so true. What was interesting, though, was that... So Sarah's friend has met, uh, met a guy, and he's already got a kid from a previous relationship. So they've moved in yeah. together into Sarah's friend's house. And uh, this guy's daughter is about... He's the same age as Georgia. And Sarah's friend's daughter, I think, is two years younger. So immediately, the two kids have now got a sister, basically. They've acquired a sister, a new sister. Yeah. Which I thought... Which is really... It's really, I think it's like a really nice thing to suddenly acquire a sibling when you didn't have one before. I would have, I would have hated it because I'm a selfish dick, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I think for them it would be nice. And I thought it was really interesting because obviously Georgia and Sarah's friend's daughter get on really well because they've known each other since this kid was born, basically, because we go and visit quite a lot. But within maybe 20 seconds of Georgia meeting this new kid who was her age, they're just bouncing together on the trampoline, laughing and screaming. Yeah. I was saying, just kids are just best. They're just straight away, no messing. <laughs> Do you like trampolining? Yeah, me too. We're now best friends. That was it. That was all they needed. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, they just played fantastic. together all day. <laughs> and it was great. And there's a chance There's a chance she might not see her again for another, I don't know, two months or three months or whatever. But it doesn't matter. In that, For those couple of hours in the garden, they were just yeah. happy to just jump along and play and bounce along. And I was just so sweet. It was really cool. Oh, that is sweet. That was really cute. I don't really have many memories of doing that kind of thing as a kid. I don't. I don't know if it's because the the way I was brought up, which was not restricted social access with people, because obviously I had my family, uh, loads of cousins to play with, friends from school and what have you. But I never had the opportunity to just go out and be social in a big social group and learn how to make I know friends you mean. that way. I found it quite difficult, so I, I don't have many memories of doing that. I'm sure I did. Maybe I've just forgotten about it. Or, or, I remember the friends <laughs> I'm... Oh, go on. Go on. No, I was going to say, I'm, I probably have done it, and it was so embarrassing, and I felt so awkward <laughs> that I blocked it out. as some kind of mental trauma, which is pretty much yeah, what I do in my memory. day-to-day life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, obviously, the friends I made when I was growing up as a kid that my mum... I do remember my mum kicking me out of the house saying you need to go outside now and start making friends yeah. and meet it. You know, like, so we lived in a Coronation Street type row of terraced houses, but it was on a hill. And so I would just walk out the back of the house and look up and down the kind of back entryway and see if anybody was out there playing. And I knew that there was an older boy who lived 10 doors down from me. And then from there, I found out he had a sister who was my age and he had a friend who had a sister who was my age. And then we just kind of all became friends that way. Yeah. But then I I only remember one time where I met somebody somewhere that I sort of didn't live or didn't know anyone, and we became friends for that time. And that was when we went on a family holiday to Pontins. <laughs> Shout out Pontins! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and I remember there was a lad. I didn't no idea of his name. Couldn't pick him out of the lineup now. Honestly, if you give me a million pounds, but it was like a cabaret type evening. And obviously, yeah. for any kid of, I think I was probably five or six, that's just instant fucking death because it's, you know, it's just boring to me. You know, why do I want to watch a guy sing a song? That's just really boring. Yeah. And there was another young lad who was kicking a ball against, like a little soft ball against a wall, kind of like way away from the where the people were sat. So I just went over to him and said, "Oh, can I play with you?" That's the only one I remember doing. Any time I remember doing that, like you said, I don't yeah. remember anybody else. Maybe because we didn't really. <laughs> Maybe because we were both poor, we didn't really go anywhere, did we? <laughs> we was like, it. did you make friends on holiday? What holiday? Exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like the one or two caravan holidays that you went on. Yeah, I do have dis- exactly. No, saying it though, I do have distinct memories. Again, at a Pontins in Wales, 
making very good friends with someone who was on the Aliens vs. Predators arcade machine. And me and him, nice. like, meeting up regularly to try and get as far into that campaign, that arcade machine, as we could. Oh, that's cool. Mum, mum, I need a fiver in 10 peas, please. In 10 uh, peas, yeah. I'll be out of your hair all day. All day I'll be out of your hair. And going through, going through that bloody arcade machine. Man, that was so cool. So, yeah, I think those few times when you do have that opportunity to, I suppose... Yeah, you grab that opportunity, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's because we had that limited opportunity, and the rest of the time, certainly with me, it was like, right, you're going to stay with your family because I need to go out and work, and you know, like kids do nowadays, not getting past pillar to post, but moving around different family members for childcare reasons, and then you just yeah. make friends with your family <laughs> rather than yeah, that was right, yeah, young kids your age. Although I did have a lot of friends in the the backseas. Or the back alleyway but behind... Shout out the Baxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Baxes are amazing. <laughs> they were so good. We don't have them here. We don't have them on our estate. No, I don't hear. Yeah, no. So we've, we've got like a little side path that goes down our little block of houses. It's really nice. It's just like a, a little path, a couple of trees along it. It's all open to some other houses. And there are lots of other young families there. So like my kids, when it's nice weather, they'll go out and they'll just play there the sidesies rather than the backsies. Uh, but it's that same kind of thing where you just go, right, you get out the house and just interact with the other feral neighbourhood children <laughs> <laughs> and form your own gang and me- make those memories and make those links. Oh my god. I've just had I've just had horrible this show gives me such horrible flashbacks. Just your parents <laughs> giving you your parents at Pontins sat in a bar and they give me and my cousin Fred, shout out to my boy Fred, who was basically my basically my brother growing up. I, he was yeah. my cousin, but and look, I feel like he's kind of, he's without question the closest thing, family thing I ever had to a brother. It's weird, like, son of most brothers, I hardly ever talk to him, but then when I do talk to him, we just pick up where we left off and there's nothing, like yeah. nothing's ever changed. So shout out to our kid. But he was... I think he's 13, no, hang on, he's 14, 15 months younger than me. So this is when we're kind of eight and he's about six. My parents would just give me 10 quid while they're sat in the bar and I would just fuck off and play on the arcades for two hours. Nowhere near them, no mobile phone, no way of calling them should I get, I don't know, abducted or stabbed or molested. (laughs) I would just have to, and I was in charge of... (laughs) six-year-old oh yeah here you go eight-year-old you're in charge of the six-year-old go over there in that other building where nobody can see you just come back later okay then (laughs) fucking the arcade was in a completely different part of the building yeah it wasn't like it was like there was a glass panel next to them and they could see me they could see i could have taken that money and just got on a train and never (laughs) come back (laughs) they would have no idea anything could have happened it's fucking nuts that's one of the things. It's so crazy that used to happen. It's so yeah. crazy. Like I said to you before, how did more kids not get murdered back in the day? How? There was no security safer. anything. The world is a lot safer than the media and the moral panic makes it out to be. Oh, so true. It's so much safer now. So much safer. But it was back then as well. Otherwise, you would have got abducted or like some harm would have come to you. I never had an issue like that growing as a kid and I spent like, when I was, like, eight or nine, I was, like, walking home from school on my own and going into town on my own to go to the library, which was, like, a half-hour yeah. walk. 
or yep. like, cried. And yeah, I had a few run in with like other kids, but nothing where <laughs> like a guy approached me and tried to nab me or anything like that. Stick in a white van. Other, other kids being dicks. That's the only yeah. issue. And that's because you're not from around there. You've wandered onto their, their turf. For them and their other feral friends, you're near their bodies. It's like the the Bloods and the Crips. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And I don't know if you ever did that, though, but there was one time, me, my cousin, and his friends, and I was obviously the youngest one, we all joined up into, like, a little gang, and we were, like, down their neck of the woods, and there's, like, a brook and a, like, wood and loads of stuff for us to play, and it's like, oh, this is fantastic. And another group of lads came nearby and one of my cousin's friends didn't like the other friend so he immediately went to war with this other group of kids Ben and I were all like 7 and 8 years old but it's all like oh fuck me right you Adam you're the smallest one you go and sneak in and see if you can like spy where their base might be (laughs) (laughs) I mean like fucking scouting around the forest on my own this little 7 year old going I can't see where they are like pausing, I need you like, to hear rustling underfoot. <laughs> I need you to report back in ten minutes because I've got a mortar strike ready exactly. for that base. <laughs> but yeah, dude, oh god, yeah, we did that. Stuff like yeah, that we did that. Kid. Fucking but hell, having that opportunity to do it because the reality is, your kid is safe doing these things. Your, your oh kid yeah, is yeah. Fun. Your kid's more safe now because they've got ready access to mobiles. And if not, yeah. their friends that they're hanging around with will. You know, it's it's perfectly safe for your kid to go out. And if you don't let them do that, if you don't educate them on the best and safest ways for them to do it, when are they going to develop that skill? When are they yeah, going to learn how to do it? Just nuts, though, isn't it? Just parents just fobbing you off so they could go drink with their mates. That was what it was. That's what it was. We're here to have fun. Yeah, You're clearly an annoyance or a weight around our <laughs> neck so could you bugger off over there and leave yeah. us alone for two hours so we can get sloshed with our fucking mates I think jesus christ yeah i mean i've been on a few caravan holidays with the kids only with daniel and sophie like of a decent age daisy was a baby at, at the date of the last one and uh this was on mablethorpe in lincolnshire so on the east coast and it's a big, like, family park. It's not like a Butlins, but it's a small, independent version of that. So it's completely safe. But we never went out and did those stuff at night because to us, it's like, no, the baby's got to get to sleep. These kids will do some stuff with them. They can go and, like, the little uh, adventure playground bit and the fair bit that they've got and have gone the arcade. But then when they get tired, we're all retreating to the caravan. We're not going to go yeah. out by ourselves. We're not going to get the kids overtired and give them a fiver and let them go off to the arcade on their own. No, no, no. We'll go back and we'll we'll get into bed at nine o'clock at night because, <laughs> oh, we've got to get up early with the kids the next day. And, oh, so many missed opportunities. So much bingo and, like, red coat cabaret that we missed out on. <laughs> The kids need the kids need to be in bed by nine, so I'd better sit on my iPad for the next four hours instead of going yeah. out and having fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that is also fun. The thing is, though, in its own way. Yeah, I'd rather do that. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Exactly. We're, we're, we're the kind of parents who I'd rather do that. I'd yeah. rather go back to my room at half past eight and because I don't drink or anything, so what's the, what's the point of me going out? There's exactly. no point in me going out. Like I, I'd before, be sat while the cabaret's going on with my phone out. I'd be on Reddit. My, my partner yeah. would be tutting at me. 
<laughs> While me and Luz are like busy dabbing away at their bingo cards, going, fucking waste. <laughs> Why is he could be back in the caravan? <laughs> so true. I could be lying down in bed comfy. Exactly. Just sitting here watching oh, this crap God. singer yeah. who came 12 to the X Factor. Lying here on this sweaty bench in, in this big this big hall with all these old women playing bingo. Instead of me just <laughs> yeah. like laying down, taking up all the room. No, sorry. I've oh, got to lay God. down and go on Reddit, I'm afraid. That's my holiday. I'm not. Can't do it here. The kids are in the arcade, I'm afraid. Good learning how to be independent. I know. <laughs> Go, just go away to the arcade and leave me alone. Yeah. That's all it was. God almighty. Just nuts. Oh, but then, like God. we said, different, it's, you know, different parenting, isn't it? And our parents, our parents did a better job than their parents did. Well, and I bet, I bet their parents were just like, yeah, don't come back for the next 12 hours. I don't want to <laughs> see you. And if you do come back, I'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> not only do I not want you back here, if I see you back here, yeah. there'll be fucking trouble. No, the Whereas kids if we just came back with a note on the kitchen table, <laughs> we've fucked off the podcast so for two weeks. It's a shilling. <laughs> Get yourself some beans. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson at 28's got a can opener if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> just knock on twice on the yeah. issue. We told her. <sighs> well, at least our parents took us. Yeah. <laughs> and actually give us some money to do stuff. Because, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if our parents had asked their parents for money, what do you think I am? Bloody made of money? Yeah. Smack. <laughs> You don't have any money. Just sit there and watch the crappy cabaret show. Yeah. No penny arcade machines for you. You'll never yeah, know what that's what looks for. At least we've got to do stuff. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Oh, dearie me. That's I really want to go on a caravan holiday now. I don't know about you. <laughs> I really want to go to Pontins. Oh, Check out the arcades. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll be leaving the kids in the cabaret while we go to the arcades. <laughs> That's the thing. I've got disposable income now. I could drop 150 quid Operation Wolf. Don't mean nothing to me now. I can spend as much money as I want. Oh, no, but it's all tickets now. It's all ticket machines at the arcade. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's all, all ticket American machines, yeah. American-style ticket machines. It's so depressing. Although, ne- ne- a little tip for next time you're up, uh, there's a new arcade place opened up in my town where it's all retro arcade machines, as well as some like modern ticket machines and some emulators, so you can book a PC or like an arcade cabinet that's got loads of different arcade machines in. We'll definitely have to go there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Hell yeah. Oh my god, that's a genius idea. All right. Any advice for us this week, Adam? I do. I do have some advice. Now we we have gone quite back in time to what was it? The 13th century, 1400s? No, the yeah. 15th century. That be. We've gone a bit further back this time. <laughs> Is it like 7 AD or something? No, no, it's it's not too far back. It's the 11th century. So, you know, <laughs> the 1000s. <laughs> okay, so this is about difficult labour. So, even into the 19th and 20th centuries, labour, I mean, even now, can be quite bad for an expectant one. Can, you know, sometimes be fatal, uh, a difficult labour. So, to help women along... So long before the advent of the C-section, pain relief, or even doctors who wash their hands, (laughs) midwives had a number of tricks. And this is according to the Trotula, which is a manual of women's health from the 11th century. Uh, And in there, it says that a woman in a difficult or not progressing labour should be given a herbal bath. And within the bath, her sides, her belly, her hips, and her vagina should be anointed with oil of violets or rose oil and rubbed 
vigorously. She should also be encouraged to sneeze, to try and pop the baby out, to the point where they have pepper thrown in their face to make them sneeze, uh, or even just a slow walk through the house. And if all of that, you know, a nice, relaxing, warm bath, having your vagina oiled up and rubbed vigorously, and sneezing doesn't help, then tie a snakeskin around your hips, or get a patty of butter, carve into it some special baby-producing words, and eat the whole (laughs) patty of butter. (laughs) That's the best one. What what words could you carve into a patty of butter? I don't know. I didn't have that in the article that I read that that, uh, spoke about the trotula. I I imagine it was like, fucking hurry up. Or, Jesus Christ, (laughs) get this baby out of me. But eating, obviously... I choose, I choose death. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, that's just going to grease the baby out, and then it'll just pop out. So that's probably the most sensible idea. Oh my Enough god, that's amazing. So your whole insides are greased up. A <laughs> <laughs> baby just fly out. Yeah. And the weird thing is, some of that baby advice is actually, yeah, that that's true today. Like, the, uh, the go, taking on a slow walk through the house... You know, having a nice warm bath and trying to relax and, you know, get massaged. That's great. Not necessarily having all of your bits rubbed vigorously, <laughs> necessarily, like your belly. You probably don't want your belly massaged vigorously. <laughs> you know, oil of violets or oil of rose apart. You want to be nice and gentle around there. But yeah, if you can stomach a whole patty of butter while you're in labour more power to you. Get that baby out. You can do it, woman. I guess, yeah. God almighty. Just become a butter fiend. That's all you need yeah. in the end. <laughs> Alright, there we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Adam, anything else from you, mate? Nothing really, other than, again, you can catch me on twitch.tv slash dekler. That's D-W-E-K-L-E-R. Where I stream often with my brother, the Lion Official, but instead of an L at the end, it's a one because he likes to be difficult. Me and him and our mutual friend Robbie today have finished a months-long series of streams where we've been playing a particular video game called Left Dead 2, where we've been doing it cooperatively and getting extremely frustrated. Uh, it's been very enjoyable. Uh, we've got more stuff like that planned in the future, so if you do like the type of stuff we do here on this podcast, then do come along and you can listen to me say those types of things even more so i'd appreciate your company as we go through these video games yeah one last thing for me thank you for the reviews and likes and all that kind of thing and the listening in to us rambling on if you like the show pass on to a friend let them know stuff like that helps us grow a little bit yeah that's it for me really thanks yeah. you for listening everybody thank you very much See you later.